Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom and Chris Ballas. Week six for Michigan football, previewing Michigan against Indiana. Second straight road game for the Wolverines. The 5-0, and number four in the country, Michigan Wolverines. Indiana coming in 3-2. and two. Uh, They've lost their last two games to Cincinnati and Nebraska. They got wins over Illinois, Idaho, and Western Kentucky. Illinois win a little... A little controversial there with a call at the end of the game, and uh, that would that would have done a lot for Illinois, who looks like a very good team. Um, let's let's break down the Hoosiers, kind of what we expect from Michigan. I, I do expect this to be a little bit of a different type of game from last week, and uh, a little easier environment to play in, uh, I guess I would say as well. A lot of Michigan fans usually make the trip down there. Uh, let's start with the Michigan offense that did a really good job, I thought, last week of executing the game plan, taking what was there. The offensive line was spectacular. They really rode Blake Corum as they have all season long, but especially in these last two games, he was stellar, capped it off with a late touchdown. Um, What do we expect out of this Michigan offense against an Indiana defense that is not good against the pass? They've been better against the run, but still not great. Um, I feel like this is the game where we may see Michigan open it up a little bit more, and they probably should too. Uh, Indiana's given up a bunch of big plays, 27 uh, of 20 plus yards. That is, you know, in the hundreds, I believe in the country or 95. So we're looking at an opportunity here for the Michigan offense to kind of, you know, make a little bit of a statement after doing what they needed to do the last two weeks. Yeah. I had somebody in comments, I think on Sunday say, why is Ballas always so worried about explosive plays, blah, 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 because it's easier if you score in one play once in a while or two plays than going 13, 14 plays on a drive. And you know what, against a defense like Indiana's, you have an opportunity to do that and, and start using some of those receivers, make them feel good about themselves, right. Rather than just blocking all the time and give them some opportunities because there are some guys there that are getting a little bit antsy. So uh, you win the game first and foremost, and I have no complaints about the the game plan against Iowa. I thought it was fantastic. We asked Mike Hart yesterday about that offensive line. You guys saw his face light up, man. He just said, awesome. You know what? And and he's not one of those guys that's going to tell you it's good. If it's not, it's outstanding. So those guys did a great job. Uh, I do expect, I think by my calculation, guys, is it what? 61-39 run to pass this year, which I think is even more than last year, if I'm not mistaken. And we'll have to look at that. Yeah, so I want to see that closer to 50-50 in this game, and I want to see them because they're going to have to throw the ball against some of the better teams on the schedule. Penn State, I don't think their pass defense, A.B., correct me if I'm wrong, is that great either. So let's see see them start working on some of these things that they're going to need to beat the better teams on the schedule. Might as well do it this week, and and now that you're trusting J.J. McCarthy a little bit more. Yeah, the nice thing, even, Clayton, when you talk about a team that uh, Michigan will play in Indiana that has been better against the run uh, than the pass. The nice thing is that if they here, let me preface it by saying this, there have been times under Jim Harbaugh where Michigan will just hammer the run no matter what, because gosh, darn it. That's our identity, right? Um, they have, they have touted this as an offense that is going to take what a defense gives them. So if, if the passing game is going to be there for them, uh, that's what I would expect them to hammer this week. Now, the nice thing about that is, is that when teams do play up, because every time Michigan plays someone, 
they're going to get their best game because they are a defending Big Ten champion. People hate the block M. Uh, teams play up to that level. And Indiana under Tom Allen has given Michigan some games uh, a couple times. So the nice thing about it is, is that they still can be what they want to be because they have what we would call like a non-negotiable. And that's they have an elite offensive line and one of the best, if not the best running back in the country right now in Blake Corum. So we know that they can do that if they want to, but it would be nice to see them get that passing game a little more involved. I mean, Jim Harbaugh says it all the time. The only way to get better at football is to play more football. On a, on a much smaller scale, the, the only way to get better as a passing game is to get reps as a passing game. So, you know, I don't know that there's any opponent coming on the schedule that Michigan will just use it. Like last week at Iowa, people were saying that they wanted to see Michigan open it up there. That's not the place you go and start running the air raid or start, you know, playing out of four wide receivers and just chucking the ball down the field, 500 dead or alive. Michigan respects its opponents where they're not just going to use any team as, as an excuse to get reps in it for something else. But the numbers tell us that they will have opportunities to open this up this week. And uh, I expect them to. Yeah, I expect them to, too. And that's kind of been the one thing that has made in the difference in this offense of that could have been a blowout game. If JJ hits on a deep ball to Roman Wilson, uh, you know, they had quite a few downfield shots against Maryland and that would have really created some separation. It's those types of big plays that can really, uh, you know, change the course of how a game goes. They've still gotten the wins the last couple of weeks and, you know, have done what they've had to do and that's all great. Um, but as you mentioned, Chris, that Penn state game is now the one that we're all kind of penciling, you know, where it might be tough. I know they don't have a good pass defense. That's opportunity to open it up. But it's also, you know, kind of reason where, okay, well, they're better against the run. Uh, Their offense is pretty good and may score some points on Michigan. Uh, You may need to hit on a couple of those to win the game. It won't just be the difference between whether it's a blowout or a, you know, nice win. It could be the difference between winning and losing. Uh, And I think the offense can do that. And as Anthony, you mentioned, I do get the sense that they want to be a little more of a chameleon than last year where they just pounded it and and they did a great job with that. That was what worked. it does feel like you're seeing more of that when when the safety start to creep up. You saw a shot against Iowa. You saw some shots against Maryland, who was really adamant about staying back. Um, it feels like they kind of want to have. And Jim Harbaugh even said it before the season, where yeah, maybe we can pass a little bit more this year based on the personnel we have. So that's you know we haven't seen that in the numbers yet, but again, it's kind of based on opponent, and that's what I like. Um, you know, it's kind of similar to the Michigan defense and what they've been able to do, adjusting to what their opponents doing. Um, anything else you guys want to see out of the Michigan offense? We may not see Roman Wilson in this game. Uh, he obviously left the Iowa game before, uh, you know, before the end there, after taking a shot that we talked about on Monday, that looked like targeting, I believe to all of us. Um, you know, I think we are going to see production in the run game as much as we talk about Indiana's poor pass defense, Blake Corum. We're going to see more of Donovan Edwards, in my opinion, uh, as he continues to get healthier. Anything else you guys want to see out of this Michigan offense? I want to see Donovan Edwards. I want to see him get at least 10 carries here and start prepping him for being the guy next year. I think Blake Horam's leaving for the NFL. I don't think that's any secret at this point after this season. So although if anybody's listening and any of these NIL guys, you know what, that's where it needs to start. Keep some of these guys here, you know, make them some big offers. So uh, rather than the pay for play for kids that you don't know whether or not they're going to pan out, but uh, I want to see more of Donovan Edwards and I want to see him in the passing game as well. I want to see him get touches. We also heard from Mike Hart, how special he was. And I think he is. I think he's got the opportunity to be. I liked how he was moving the pile a little bit against Iowa, too. He had a nice 10-yard run early. I think uh, he is a guy that, 
you are going to need uh, his versatility in, out of the backfield. It's like uh, Hart said as well. He could start at slot receiver for just about anybody in the country. So let's see some of that too. Let's see some him get some more touches and take advantage of that weapon that you have. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it doesn't – even if we don't see Roman Wilson, someone – a couple guys that I wrote about this week that I want to see more, I want to see more Andrell Anthony. Uh, he only played 11 snaps last week, and, and that's – I'll just come out and say it. To me, that's unacceptable. I think he needs to be on the field more. Um, AJ Henning's a guy, a gadget guy, that I think you could do some creative things with. I'd like to see him on the field more. Um, again, that opportunity could come this week in the form of Roman Wilson not being out there, but even if everyone's healthy, um, guys like Cornelius Johnson, I need to see more from you in order for you to be playable down the stretch. So I'd love to see some of those other guys have opportunities, namely Andrell Anthony, uh, I, I still think, you know, in terms of pure chemistry with JJ McCarthy, he's one of, you know, even going back to last year, he's a guy that I think they can sort of, they can do more with him. So those are some things I'd like to see. Obviously you'd love to see Luke Schoonmaker keep the train rolling. I mean, he's been, I mean, invaluable as a safety valve over the last couple of weeks. And I think, you know, assuming that he's kind of the guy there moving forward, like to keep, you know, I just want it to see, to look crisp across the board especially up front, continue to be dominant, continue to take steps forward. This is, you look at this Indiana schedule, and I know we'll probably talk more bigger takeaways, but um, they might not win a football game until, I mean, they play Michigan State on November 19th. That might be their next best chance to win a football game. Don't don't let a team like that hang around. It's been a couple weeks since we've seen this Michigan team truly look dominant. I'd like to see the offense sort of lead the way in that this week. Going back to Cornelius Johnson, I feel like he has a big game whenever everyone's least expecting. Whenever everyone people start noticing, like, wait a minute, Cornelius Johnson's out there for 90% of the snaps, and he hasn't done anything in a couple weeks, then he scores a touchdown or two. We'll see if that trend continues. It's been that way over the last, uh, really, three years now, two and a half years at this point. But you're right, Anthony, about Indiana. I think it's going to be another tough season for them. They went 2-10 and 10 last year. They were 14-17 and 17 between 2019 and 2020. Five and twelve since then, they've really fallen off a cliff. Tom Allen was answering some tough questions this week at his press conference, and one of them was that citing that record, asking him why they have taken such a step back. And he basically named every aspect of the program and said, "Yeah, we haven't been good enough at quarterback. We've turned it over too much. O line's been inconsistent. Uh, we haven't got turnovers on defense." He named about everything that could go wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, and we lost Mike Hart to Michigan. Yeah, that could have been the turning point right there. <laughs> Who knows? Mike Hart, he's, and Mike said it's going to be uh, emotional for him going back to Bloomington where he spent four years, uh, but all that matters is getting the win. Um, let's flip over to the Indiana offense, which is really interesting to look at the numbers. Connor Bazelak, I uh, believe I'm saying that correctly, maybe not. Uh, Missouri transfer at quarterback. They're asking him to do what some Michigan fans want to do, throw the ball 50 times a game. He's literally throwing the ball – 49.2 times per game, more than any other quarterback, more than any other team in the country, uh, except he doesn't have the weapons that they've had in the past either. And this goes back to kind of you know why they've fallen off a cliff a little bit. There's no Wap failure. There's no Ty Freifogel. There's no Peyton Hendershot at the tight end position. They have some okay wide receivers. Cam Camper is a guy who missed last week's game but is expected to return. Uh, you know He could do some things. He's leading them with, with uh, I believe, over 300 yards of receiving. But Basilak is throwing a ton. He's completing only 52% of his passes. Uh, their run game is about 3.3 yards per carry, so they've had issues there. They do run a lot of play-action stuff, even though they don't have a strong run game. 
So this is an opportunity for Michigan to clean up some of the issues they had last week. But what do you guys uh, expect out of the Michigan defense that played really well at times in, in against the run last week, but still it kind of felt like it left a little bit to be desired. Uh, especially in the past game, right? Yeah. Spencer Peters should not be throwing. I don't care if the, the last drive, whatever. Uh, he shouldn't be throwing for that many yards. And he had a lot of other opportunities out there that he missed, guys. One was a, a, tech, a touchdown on a slant that I think Clay could have made that throw, maybe, on a good day. And then, um, uh, yeah, a couple times he missed the tight end over the middle uh, on throws that Anthony could have made. So here's the thing. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. The plays were there to be made, and I think they need to tighten them up a little bit. Now, the the... The defense, the zone defense, there's much too much room between the linebackers and the safeties, I thought. There were a couple times that guys got lost. There were a couple guys that guys just didn't execute, and one of them was Mike Sainer still on third and 22, and he's still learning. It's like Jim Harbaugh said, you can't give the up outside when you when the guy sticks and goes outside on third and 22. You don't have any help over there. You get help to the middle. It should have been a, probably a fourth and 10 play. Instead, they get a first down and score a touchdown. So uh, those are things that you can clean up, but I'd like to see a little bit more man this week. I don't think there's a whole lot of respect for these Indiana receivers. And I think that you've got better athletes. So go out there and use them. So don't let them dink and dunk their way down the field. Cause I think that's how they stay in this football game or at least put up some points. So and I think they will move the ball a little bit. I think Michigan's got to step it up with the, uh, the pass rush a little bit more. Mike Morris did a good job. Uh, we saw Yabioki come on and we're going to see more of him probably, but too many times I thought Petrus without max protect had too much time to throw. So that's something that needs to be better. Yeah, for me. And it's something that uh, will be out Thursday sometime after we record the show uh, position group I'm watching this week is the linebackers and it is really just the back seven in general. I mean that uh, you look at uh Indiana's quarterback stats. I mean, he's math is hard. He is like 36 for 97 on throws that are over 10 yards. I mean, this isn't a guy that is, is really succeeding in finding those middle to deep throws and, you know, in that part of the field. So got to be better than that. I'd like to see junior. I, I think junior Colson will have a bounce back game. Uh, he's a guy that you know, we've, we've heard coaches talk about a couple of these guys that Michigan has as guys that usually don't make the same mistake twice. I thought in coverage last week, it was probably his worst game as, as a college player so far. So a guy like Colson has, has a lot to improve this week. Um, the linebacker room in general, cornerback safeties. I mean, I have nothing bad to say about those guys. This really, I mean, I guess I could see a scenario where Indiana's getting the ball out quick, which, you know, also, you know, get the ball out to those guys in space and kind of neutralize Michigan's pass rush, which just, which does feel like it's coming on. Um, so yeah, you just got to be, Got to be sound. Got to got to read your keys and all that stuff. But I mean, really, this is this Indiana team. Just I, I just don't see it. Like this, this to me, this registers as a blowout on both sides of the ball. They suck. They're not good. <laughs> They're not good. How they beat Illinois? What was a bad call at the end of the Illinois game? By the way, I saw one early in the second quarter where they caught a touchdown pass was reviewed and it should have been a touchdown. And then at the end of the game, I know there was some controversy there. That's a game that Illinois yeah. should have won. And it kind of reminded me of the Wisconsin-Michigan game uh, in Rich Rod's first year. I'm sorry to bring up that name 
folks, PTSD. But when uh, when they Wisconsin flat out outplayed them, dominated, and Michigan got some plays and won the game. So a Brett Bielema loss. But they've bounced back. So, um, hey, you know what? First game of the year. If they played them now, I think Illinois would probably crush them. For sure. Great comeback win. Uh, the highlight of Rich Rod's first year, down 19 nothing. Come all the way back. Uh, I thought you had something there, maybe in that in that uh, Michigan team, but alas, they went three and nine, just like Indiana might this season. I agree. They they are not a good team. Um, you know, again, I, I do think they're going to be able to move the ball in a couple drives on this Michigan defense. They run a lot of tempo. Uh, that is not going to allow Michigan to sub a decent amount. Um, so, in, again, listen to Tom Allen. It was brought up in the press conference yesterday as well, where he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna." You know, there are going to be times that we've done this and we're going to do it this week where we just stay in one personnel group for the entire drive so the other team can't sub, which uh, doesn't allow Michigan to do what they've been doing where a team subs late. They kind of sub even later, hold up the snap, and then like Iowa last week had to call timeout, which I thought is crafty by Jesse Minter and company. But, yeah, I don't think we're going to see that as much. And that may go to this where – Somebody brought it up in our Thursday chat on the Wolverine.com message board where when is this edge group going to finally kind of when are they going to settle into two, three guys, maybe four? Because they're kind of rotating in about six right now. And I think we're going to start seeing some separation this week could be big for that because we're not going to get as much subbing. You could see guys like Mike Morris, you know, playing more, playing a full drive, not rotating out. Uh, Yabioki, he's a little small to me uh, to play the run on every down. But man, can he get after the passers? We saw last week so we're going to start to see maybe guys emerge there i think morris is he's playing a little big right now but he's still making plays i think he's one of the most talented guys on that defense from a sheer just skill and talent perspective maybe a little out of you know out of size for his position if that's a thing but um you know he still made some plays and uh, i think they want to get to the passer a little earlier in the game this weekend uh so that's that's about it on the uh indiana offense um they're going to air it out, and we'll see that Michigan defensive backfield, which has been so good so far this season, uh, most of the time, really get challenged and, and see what they're uh, what they're made of in this game. Uh, before we get to our predictions for this game, let's talk about prize picks. Football is back. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports, and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over seventy percent of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over thirty states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. This week, I have Ronnie Bell, who has played well against Indiana in the past, more than 67 and a half receiving yards. And this one, going to the NFL, there's a lot of talk about Tom Brady this weekend or this week with everything that's going on. I don't want to get into that. But I do think he is going to come out with uh, – I know he's been hurt and he missed practice yesterday, but I think he's going to come out and play well. Oh, uh, more than 275.5 passing yards against the Atlanta Falcons, who he has owned over the last few years and in the Super Bowl back in 2016. Hutch, our producer, has Nebraska quarterback Casey Thompson more than 223.5 passing yards against Rutgers that game on Friday night. And then TCU wide receiver Quinton Johnson, not the Michigan D-back, 
more than 44 and a half receiving yards against Kansas, an undefeated Kansas team Saturday at noon. Uh, what do you guys have for prize picks this week? I think, first of all, I didn't Quentin Johnson get called for that block in the back that wasn't against Iowa on the punt return. That was a terrible call. So anyway, uh, I just <laughs> want to give Quentin there a shout out. That, we agree with Throw you. Throw that out there. Yeah, man. Uh, that wasn't fair. All right, J.J. McCarthy. Let's go to J.J. McCarthy. I think it was 224 and a half, if I'm not mistaken, against Indiana. Uh, there it is. Uh, I have him going for more than that. I think he's going to approach. Uh, I'm going to think he's going to be about 175 in the first half alone. Uh, honestly, I think they're going to come out and uh, hit some big plays. So this is the defense to do it against, right? I think they're 116th in the country in pass defense. So, and I think they're going to want to get these other guys more involved, like I said. So here's hoping, Jim, if you're listening, uh, help me out here. So, uh, and then Peyton Thorne, Michigan State against Ohio State. I think they had him at 220. Point five, if I'm not mistaken, I think he'll be out by the second half. I think uh, who's their backup? Noah Kim or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah, I think uh, so. There it is, two twenty and a half. I think he'll be way less than that. Um, I think you're gonna the Boo Birds will be out probably when they're down twenty eight to nothing at some point in the second quarter. You're gonna see Noah Kim run out there, and everybody's gonna cheer and think he's the savior, and he's gonna do the same thing. So that's what I feel. <laughs> About Saturday, take Noah Kim more than whatever his total. Take Noah Kim exactly more than zero. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. That's <laughs> tough to follow that up. Um, yeah, I've got. I actually, I'm making three this week. I'm doing a three play. So I'm going JJ McCarthy more than 17 pass completions. He's done that uh, each of the last two weeks. Uh, 18 against both Iowa and Maryland. So I think he'll hit that fairly easily. Maybe even in the first half. We'll see. Uh, we think that with them airing the ball out more, the wide receivers will have big days. I'm going to go with more than 67.5 receiving yards for Ronnie Bell. And then I'm staying in that Michigan State-Ohio State game and going with more than 20.5 pass completions for C.J. Stroud. He might have that in the first quarter. So, Okay, there you have it. Make sure to download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today and take the viewing of your team to the next level this season. Uh, our predictions, staff predictions are up at the Wolverine.com. Chris writing, uh, the column there saying that Indiana does have a uh, guaranteed, not a guaranteed, but whatever you called it, victory on the schedule, which would be that November 19 game against Michigan State. So check out uh, the always humorous and, uh, you know, article with our picks in it. Uh, Michigan 22 and a half point favorites on the road over under at 59 and a half. Um, I think we're going to see some points. As I said, I think Indiana is going to put a couple drives together. They have a good kicker. So I do have them scoring 16 points to Michigan's 45 in a fairly easy win. Michigan with some momentum going into that Penn State game and really sets up a potential top 10 matchup. I think I had 41 to 19. I think it was initially 45 to 19. And then I thought, well, let's go 41. And I think that Indiana is going to move the ball a little bit and uh, maybe get a late uh, cheap touchdown against these guys. That's kind of the MO, right? Maryland and Iowa, they've given up a long drive. And for as much as the fans say, oh, it's no big deal. You know what? Tell that to Jesse Minner and, and Jim Harbaugh. Those guys don't like it. So, um, but I'm going with 41 to 19, which I guess means they don't cover the 22 and a half, right? Technically. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. 
Well, don't tell it to Jesse Minner and company. And also don't tell it to Chris Ballas because last week it cost him a staff pick. So. It did. And uh, um, congrat- congratulations, John Borden. So <laughs> That must have been very hard for you. It, was hurt. it hurt. It did. But um, I'm happy for John. Well, uh, so as of this week, I've been with the Wolverine for a year officially. I have not won a staff pick yet, but it's happening this weekend. I have Michigan winning 45-13, uh, probably some – uh, frustrating late game scores. Uh, I, I feel like this is a this is a statement type moment for this Michigan team. Uh, you know, we've heard we heard in the non conference, oh, they didn't play anybody, and then we heard over the last couple of weeks, that, oh, well, yeah, they were tested, but Maryland and Iowa aren't that good, are they? And yeah, they'll probably blow the doors off Indiana, and people say, well, it was Indiana. Doesn't matter. I think we're getting to the part of the year where you start to separate yourself and and make a statement and round yourself into form. It was about this time last year where we saw Michigan do that. So uh, 45-13 is my pick. Uh, and, yeah, uh, shout Thank out it. to people who in 2020 thought that Tom Allen would uh, would be a good replacement for Jim Harbaugh. So. Hank. <coughs> Hank. <laughs> it's a shot. It's a shot at Hank right there. Um, okay, so those are our predictions. Offensive player of the game projection uh i got ronnie bell goes along with my uh prize picks pick um potentially roman wilson out i think michigan's best deep ball guy or next best behind potentially roman wilson is ronnie bell and he's so good at the underneath stuff too yards after the catch he never goes down on first contact it's so fun to watch so i got ronnie bell playing well uh in this game and jj mccarthy continuing to kind of find him as one of his favorite targets i got mccarthy i think he's gonna have a huge game i think you're gonna see them take the the shackles off a little bit and let them throw so i expect a huge one maybe even plus 300 here for uh, jj mccarthy all right i'm down with both of those but i'm gonna go with i think you have an opportunity this week to not rest blake quorum but to let the other guys get a shot there and i think that we have a we could be in for a Donovan Edwards showcase. I'd like to see him maybe get about, you know, 12, 13, 14, maybe 15 touches between rush, rushing and, uh, and, and catching the football out of the backfield. I think that that's a guy where when we start creep towards, you know, a game against Penn state, then a bye week and then you're into the second half of your schedule, you want to start peeling the layers back of some things you can do offensively. And, you know, for better or worse, they've kind of, they've mostly been what they were last year. Um, I think there are more layers to unpack. And I think if that's going to happen, that Donovan Edwards is going to be a big part of that. And I think you start to see that this weekend. Great picks. Uh, Defensive player of the game. I got Mike Morris. Uh, He probably would have been that last week. Uh, You know, did a great job against the run. Then you see him get some pressure late in the game. Um, Again, we we talked about it earlier. I feel like he is playing not out of position because I feel like the edge is the best spot for him, but the intention of him moving around the defensive line hasn't really come to fruition. He's actually played more snaps proportionately on the edge this year than he did last season when he slid down a decent amount. So, um, but I still think he's going to play well in this game. I think he's going to get pressure on the Indiana quarterback and maybe earlier on in the game. And I think the edge group as a whole will do a little bit better job of, you know, being consistent with that throughout the game. So I got Mike Morris. I think he's going to play well again. I think they're going to test DJ Turner a little bit. And I think DJ is going to step up and have a huge game. He's been, uh, Coming on, guys. You should have had a pick six last week. That guy is mm-hmm. a smart kid. Uh, I think they're going to test him. I think he's going to get it, maybe get a pick this game, but I do think that he's going to have a big game in, in pass coverage here and do a great job. Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Harrell. Uh, he's someone who I feel like I've picked a ton so far this year, but a little bit quiet in recent weeks. Uh, like we said before, he's been one of the edge guys that's been on the field most because he can be, 
You know, he is a three down defender and they're not going to have a ton of opportunities to sub if Indiana's going tempo. So I think Jalen, uh, Jalen is going to have a big game. And also I, I would be looking for a bounce back game from junior Colson. I agree well. with that for sure. Um, so those are our kind of, you know, score predictions and then uh, predictions for who's going to play well in this game. Let's finish with some picks from around the country, mostly in the Midwest though, sticking there. Uh, our segment of course called no man knows the future. Chris, I do have a question with you though before we start, and he's already smiling. Do you believe in karma? <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe that if Brett Bielma comes into your house and and beats your ass, then you're going to get fired by Barry Alvarez, who has an ego. So yeah, I did not see that coming. So that's no, it's that was the worst pick of the week. No question about it. I think I had Wisconsin beating Illinois. What was the spread in that game? I think even Wisconsin was favored, weren't they? Yeah, I think it was a, still a touchdown. Six and a half. Favorite. Yeah, six yeah. and a half. So, so hey. yeah, I only say that because, you know, Anthony and I got some crap for, you know, picking Nebraska with the interim coach first week against Oklahoma. That's still of thing. the worst pick of the year. Let's be clear. It was a bad pick, but, <laughs> you know, I hey, mean, Oklahoma this one rivals it. Too. This one rivals it because yeah, we'll see. Illinois comes in, they win in Wisconsin. The team you picked, by the way, yes. leaves the weekend without a coach. So sure it was did. funny. All it was in good crazy, play. though. Let's be honest. Man. It is insane. Yeah. yeah. Firing Paul Chris. But apparently they, they, there was an article in The Athletic about how he didn't have a recruiting department for eight months. So that'll probably get you fired. You know, recruiting for is sure. a little bit important to the lifeblood of a program, right? Right. Is that wrong? Of the program. It's was wrong. not supposed to do that? Yeah. Exactly. Right. So we'll see what Jim Leonard does there as the interim coach. Um, makes it interesting now with Nebraska and Wisconsin having some overlap on some of the candidates for their jobs. So two two jobs open in the Big Ten West. Um, okay, we are not going to pick the Wisconsin game, though. Uh, I believe they play Northwestern, so nothing uh, nothing too right. sexy there. Expect maybe like a 10-7 to 7 game or something yeah. like that. Um, we will start with Ohio State at Michigan State. 27-point underdogs at home at Spartan Stadium uh, are the Spartans over under at 65. Uh, I don't know if – is that Ohio State's team total or is that the whole game? Because, man, last year – if you watched that game last season, 49 nothing at halftime, 56-7 to final. And Ohio State basically called off the dogs and got ready for Michigan. That served them well, obviously, last last year. But uh, I got I got Ohio State uh, covering this. It, it opened, I believe, at like 22-and-a-half or 23 and grew almost immediately because all the money's on Ohio State, and I think yeah. rightfully so. 56-21 or something, I, I would think it'd probably be. I, I don't see how they even slow this pass offense. Their pass defense is so bad. I think Mel Tucker is coaching that group now, if I'm not mistaken, or or taking more responsibility for it. So, you know, maybe, maybe it'll improve. I don't see it. No, this will be a snuff film. Uh, the, the Ohio State line is not big enough. Uh, this is going to be ugly, and Quite frankly, that's the only energy I have to expound on this game. Yeah, it is going to be probably a bloodbath. I don't know how many fans are going to be there. So, Chris, you said the boo birds out. I mean, how many fans are even going to be there to boo? There'll be a lot of red in the stands. Like there will be. be there will yeah. be. And Mel Tucker was talking this week about how uh, encouraging the Michigan State fans to not sell their tickets to Ohio State fans. So that could get things uh, are become, going great. become an ugly scene. Well, he's got um, the money. He's got the money to buy them all on StubHub. So I think he should do that and donate them to <laughs> like a like a kid's charity or something. That's yeah. just my opinion. That's actually a great idea. Thank so, uh, so Mel, if you're listening, go and do that. Um, Iowa at Illinois. Illinois favored over Iowa. Three and a half point favorites over under a whopping 36 and a half points. I'm riding with Illinois, baby. I've been picking them all year uh, when they've popped up on these. I do think they're a good team. 
you know, they embarrassed Wisconsin last week. Embarrassed. And Brett Bielema, that must have felt good. I think he's going to ride this thing and beat his alma mater uh, this weekend. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, I think I told you about my dream, right? About Brett Bielema being on the field after the game. And, oh, yeah. And I was asking him if he was going to be, you know, hey, is it going to come full circle? You're going to be back at Wisconsin? And all he said was, that'd be something, wouldn't it? So I don't know why I'm dream- <laughs> dreaming about Brett Bielema. I can promise you it's not. Uh, you know what I'm saying. So anyway, it's, uh, but I like Illinois. I like Illinois in this one as well. So I think they're playing good ball. They're playing Wisconsin type football that Brett Biel- that Wisconsin used to play when Brett Bielmo was there and good on them. For sure. Yeah. I'm a, God, it's so weird. I think that, I think it's Illinois. I think that Iowa's offense is just so it's weird. Iowa's offense probably played its best game of the season last week. And I don't know if they have that in them two weeks in a row. It seemed like a lot of energy to expound just to put two touchdowns on the board. So uh, I like this Illinois team. I mean, this is, I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those games that, that hits the under, but um, God, he's, he's got them rolling right now. I mean, this is crazy. Illinois could be five and one all of a sudden, maybe in the driver's seat in the West, who knows? I mean, everyone except for Wisconsin's one and one. So a lot of things to sort out over there, but yeah, I, I'm I'm weirdly confident about Illinois in this game. Last game, BYU at Notre Dame, or not at Notre Dame, Notre Dame home game, giving it up to play in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Notre Dame three and a half point favorites over under is 51. This could be a fun game, 730 on NBC. Um, crazy things because, you know, will probably happen because it's on the West Coast. I like BYU. Um I still don't trust Notre Dame. I know they played pretty well against North Carolina, but North Carolina, and I know they're coming off a bye. We'll see what you know Freeman can do with that. But North Carolina, to me, has been a huge disappointment over the last two years. I got BYU winning this game. I think so, too. I think they're a better football team. So there will be a lot of Notre Dame fans there yes. because they travel even when their team sucks, and they kind of suck. So, um, I, But I like, uh, I like the Mormons over the Catholics in this one. This is the one you, you buy the flights for this months in advance too so they'll all be out there for sure yeah absolutely and it's vegas i mean if if us if us catholics me speaking for myself here if we're anything we we love a good vegas experience we love to to gamble and our vices and all that stuff oh that's what penance that's what penance is for that's right that's exactly (laughs) right um my gut like my gut feeling on this is that's really all we have to go on when we do these i think notre dame finds a way to win win this game um i don't you know, they're obviously not the top five team that they were ranked to start the year, but I don't think they're, you know, 2008 uh, first year of Rich Rod bad either. They'll, they'll find, I think they'll find a way to win this game, probably get to six or seven wins this year, but uh, I don't, I don't like the pick. I don't, I'm not happy to make it, but that's what my gut tells me. That's fair. Speaking of six, seven wins, Michigan with a noon game at Indiana has a chance to be the first bowl eligible team in the country this season, Kansas also playing in the noon slot. They're the only other five and O team playing there. That game could go quicker given how much Indiana passes in the Michigan game, but Kansas could also be bowl eligible for the first time in however many years, but Michigan chance to go six and O leading into that Penn state game. Follow us at the Wolverine.com for all of your coverage. We'll all be down in Bloomington, enjoying some nice weather down there in uh, what I hear is one of the best campuses in the big 10. So excited for that. Again, join us at thewolverine.com. $10 gets you a premium subscription until next football season. So join us there. Thanks to our sponsors, Prize Picks, and we will see everyone next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.